0: Good mornings, I'm Chris Oaks, and coming up today, the third Monday of January is supposedly the most depressing day of the year. We have advice for lifting your spirits if you're feeling it on Blue Monday. Also this morning, how did inflation, supply chain issues, labor challenges, and other retail headwinds impact the all-important holiday shopping season? A deep dive into a broad variety of data can provide insight beyond just the sales figures. And the greater good to come from what happened to Damar Hamlin two weeks ago will hopefully be increased knowledge and understanding about the life-saving effectiveness of CPR intervention. Because cardiac arrest can happen to anyone, anywhere, at any time. This is the Good Mornings Podcast Edition for Monday, January 16th, 2023. Some sad news to uh, start the day. And uh, interesting that it comes on Martin Luther King Jr. Day. Uh, we talk about uh, civil rights and, and uh, so on very much in the spotlight on this day. A Port Clinton man believed to be one of the last surviving Tuskegee Airmen of World War II has passed away. The family of Harold Brown shared the news on social media of his passing late last week. Uh Harold Brown spent two months as a prisoner of war after his plane was shot down in German territory during the war. He ended up retiring from the military as a lieutenant colonel in 1965, later earning a doctorate degree and becoming vice president of academic affairs at Columbus State Community College. But he called Port Clinton home in 2007. President George W. Bush and members of Congress presented Mr. Brown or Dr. Brown, Uh, and the rest of the pioneering African-American aviators known as the Tuskegee Airmen with the Congressional Gold Medal, Harold Brown, was 98 years old. And certainly thoughts and prayers with his family. uh, Quite quite life well lived uh, there. Some of the uh, first things you need to know this morning uh, as you get your Monday morning started. This is something to think about. If you have kids, a study from the University of Otego, is that how you pronounce it, Otego? It's a university in New Zealand. They found that children who sleep poorly, children with poor sleep habits, also consume more junk food. Researchers found that sleep-deprived kids ate on average 96 more calories than their well-rested peers. And kids who do not sleep enough Also ate more junk food if they lounged around, but ate healthier if they were active. That part is probably not a big surprise there. The study analyzed data on 105 kids between the ages of 8 and 12, and uh, they say improving our sleep doesn't usually come to mind uh, as the first thing when we think of managing our weight, but it might just be a good option. And it makes sense if kids are uh, tired, uh, they may turn to junk food for that uh, instant sugar high and so on to keep them going just like adults would. But need one more reason to uh, keep your kids, uh, make sure that your kids uh, get enough sleep to uh, make sure that they maintain a healthy diet. Kind of interesting there. So um, this is... Big news, uh, very good news. Starting tomorrow, all veterans experiencing a suicidal crisis will be able to receive free care through the VA. The Veterans Administration says all veterans can go to any VA or non-VA health care facility and receive treatment at no cost the program will include up to 30 days of inpatient or crisis residential care and up to 90 days of outpatient care and veterans will be eligible regardless of their VA enrollment status the VA said preventing veteran suicide a top critical priority uh, of the uh, Biden administration so that is certainly that is certainly uh, good news and with respect to that i saw this story on the uh, newswire uh, what was it, Thursday or Friday? I think it was Friday that I saw this, and um, I thought it was really interesting. To see what you think. The mental health support app called Coco. Uh, it's an app you download on your uh, phone or your mobile device, and it uh, provides uh, mental health support Is just one more way of uh, helping those who need a little uh, extra help. Uh, apparently, though, this app, Coco, Used an algorithm, an artificial intelligence algorithm, to counsel about 4,000 people who were going through mental health issues. Uh, Coco, uh, the company says, used a co pilot approach, meaning that real human beings were monitoring the responses that the computer gave to people on the app. But the, so you might think, well, if there were h- real human beings, monitoring the responses, why didn't the real human beings respond? Well, that's because, the company says, the AI bot uh, provided responses faster than a real human being would, cutting wait time to under a minute. However, people no longer wanted to talk to the AI once they realized it was not a human being. So I don't know. I mean, if you've got somebody in a mental health crisis and you know looking for, uh, for help maybe looking to to chat with someone and then only to find out that you're chatting with a bot, it kind of defeats the purpose, doesn't it? Uh, Once people learned that the messages were co-created by a machine, it didn't work. According to the co-founder of Coco, Rob Morris, simulated empathy feels weird. So after receiving backlash regarding consent on social media, uh, uh, Mr. Morris and the folks at Coco clarified that the participants where himself and his team and participants were informed when the bot was involved. So, but it was all a, a big experiment. I don't know. Just, I'm not sure that knowing it was an experiment, experiment actually makes it worse, or makes it any better. Um, but kind of interesting uh, nonetheless. I mean, there are times when chat bots are perfectly acceptable, and then other times when, yeah, probably not. And I'm thinking... Providing mental health counseling is probably one of those times when it's probably not a great idea, you know? Something interesting. And uh, how about this? I happened to uh, see this on the uh, Newswire over the weekend. The newly released memoir by Britain's Prince Harry called Spare, which I think is just an incredible title. I mean, the title of the book itself takes a shot. At the uh, royal family. But Prince, Harry, Prince Harry's memoir is now the fastest-selling nonfiction book of all time. Fastest-selling nonfiction book of all time. And uh, actually among the top-selling books in all categories. During its first day of release, Spare sold nearly 1.5 million copies on day one of which blows away the previous record holder, which was Barack Obama's A Promised Land with first-day sales totaling less than 900,000 copies. So one and a half million copies on the first day. People just cannot get enough of Royal Scandal. The only other books they say to have sold more on their first day of release are several of the Harry Potter, uh, Harry Potter books. So that's pretty, pretty. There's another British author, yeah. Um, pretty lofty company, right there. Uh, that uh, Prince Harry is, and just again says more than anything else that people globally just cannot get enough of the royal family, especially if they are embroiled in scandal. We like. To read about the sufferings of other people. (laughs) So there you go, some of the uh, most interesting and buzzworthy stories to get your Monday morning started.
1: WFIN News, I'm Matt Demchek. Your WTOL 11 weather, partly cloudy today, high of 45, showers possible tonight, low of 39. Finley City Schools staff received training on the Safe Defend Active Shooter Protection System that was recently installed in school district buildings. Interim Superintendent Krista Kratz-Miller says the system will help keep students and staff safer during an emergency situation like an active shooter by providing teachers, staff, and emergency responders with instant information.
2: At one time when a teacher would have to make a decision on what they do with their class or their students, they were running without any information to make an informed decision. Safe Defend will provide an instant text to say where the threat is, what it to avoid. And then you can make a decision based on your location, whether you run, you hide your fight.
1: Get much more on the safe defense system and see some video of the training that teachers and staff went through on our website. The Hancock County Sheriff's Office says a man from Macomb was killed in a crash a little southeast of the village. The Sheriff's Office said a 65-year-old from Macomb was driving his car northbound on Township Road 131 when he failed to yield at the County Road 97 intersection and his car collided with another vehicle. The 65-year-old was ejected from his car and pronounced deceased at the scene. Get more on the crash on the website. Ohio U.S. Senator Sherrod Brown and several of his colleagues want answers from Southwest Airlines after widespread flight delays and cancellations in the final week of last year.
2: As outlined in the letter, Southwest canceled more than 7,500 flights between December 27th and 29th in the wake of Winter Storm Elliott, even as all other major airlines canceled a total of 1,077 flights combined during that same period. The senators asked Jordan to explain the causes of this holiday debacle including specific questions around its outdated scheduling software, Kate Burdett, ONN.
1: The University of Finley says it's two-thirds of the way to its goal of raising $75 million in its Together We Will campaign. UF says gifts to the Together We Will campaign for more than 8,600 donors have topped the $50 million mark. The campaign launched its public phase in October with the goal of developing graduates who serve and lead with purpose, passion, and skill. Get more on the website. I'm Matt Demcheck for 1330 WFIN
0: and 95.5 FM. Well, again, you heard us talk about this. Supposedly, today is the most depressing day of the year. I say supposedly because... The concept of Blue Monday, as it turns out, actually originated as a promotion for a travel agency in the UK some years ago. I looked this up. They hired a psychologist to come up with a formula based on the weather, the time when most people give up on their New Year's resolutions, the Christmas bills start to arrive, the joy of the season has waned, and so on and so forth, and he landed on... The third Monday of January, there has never actually been any scientific testing of this, but nonetheless, the concept of Blue Monday has kind of stuck. And so for today's Mental Health Monday segment, want to focus on ways of breaking out of that funk if you are feeling it on Blue Monday. Nikki Seidel is a licensed social worker with the Family Resource Center. So, Nikki, there is no evidence, as we said, that this day is any more depressing than any other, but it is true that this time of year, for all the reasons I was just mentioning, can trigger bouts of depression. That much we do know.
2: Yeah, when I first heard about Blue Monday, and, of course, I went to Google, like any good human would do, <laughs> and looked, <laughs> looked it up, I found the same thing you did, you know, of, of course. You know, they, they, they did the research right. and, and data, but you know they they did they they really started looking and compared to you know the festivities of december you know how how can you compare january we come off of christmas and all of the holidays and the lights and the fun that most of us experience mm-hmm. and we come into january which is typically very quiet And money is tight. Right. And it's gray and dreary and cold. And that tends to seem pretty blue. So moods are low. And so, what can make us feel better?
0: Right. and like we said, uh, this was created as a promotion for a travel agency with the idea that booking a vacation would be a great way of bring, uh, bringing you out of that funk. And maybe so, yeah. maybe so, but for those of us who really can't swing that solution, what are some of the more practical things that we can do to lift our spirits?
2: Yeah. So let's look at some more normal, cost-effective things yeah. because one of the things that does make many people feel down is that we're looking at our budgets that are still struggling oftentimes from catching up from Christmas. So, you know, we're not going to start looking at vacations to find us warm weather and sunshine to combat the cold and dreary weather. So let's look at some some things that we can do. Let's get outside and enjoy some of the sunshine when it does peek through Mm -hmm. even if we only have 20 minutes of sunshine sit by the window or get outside and soak it up while it is there um try to get a little bit of exercise when you can even if it's only 20 or 30 minutes a day three or four times a week Get it when you can. And it doesn't have to be anything extravagant. Take a walk when the weather is nice. Um, Go to the mall and walk around if you can. It's inside. It's warm. It's safe. You're not going to slip. Or even when you're doing your groceries shopping for the week, speed up the pace a little bit. Get the heart pumping. That counts as exercise. Um, stay involved in your social circle. You know, when when the weather is gray and it's cold outside, there's not a whole lot of ambition to get out and go do things. But push yourself to get out and go do those things. Yeah, I, call a friend and see if they if they do want to go to coffee.
0: Yeah, put in I, the
2: extra effort.
0: Well, wouldn't wouldn't have uh, thought about that. You make a good point again. Coming off of the uh, holiday season, we're surrounded by friends and family and all of that, and then all of a sudden January, you know, we we don't see these people uh, anymore, and that in and of mm-hmm. itself can uh, can maybe uh, get you down in the dumps.
2: Yeah. So make a little extra effort to to call a friend and say. You know, hey, I haven't seen you since since Christmas. It may only have been three or four weeks, but those three or four weeks really do add up yep. in, in, the, in the grand scheme of things. So really push yourself to get out. And if they're saying, no, nah, it's really cold and it's wet outside, and I don't really want to remind them. The coffee shop's gonna
3: be warm and cozy, though. <laughs> yeah, so. and maybe they're
0: maybe they're just as blue as you are, and you know. So this exactly. could be this could be helpful for uh, for both of you. So some really simple things uh, that that people can do. <laughs> Again, assuming that we're, what we're talking about are just kind of the winter blues, and like we said, we do know that that does have a tendency to set in this time of year, and then of course there are the more serious cases where maybe there is some uh, more serious intervention required.
2: This time of year, there's there's a good number of individuals in the U.S. that are actually diagnosed with seasonal affective disorder. This is a major depressive disorder that has a seasonal pattern to it. Um, and unfortunately, there is about a half a million people in the U.S that are impacted by this. And um, these individuals, you know, they, they find that they are sleeping a lot. They have some weight gain, loss of energy, despite the fact that they're sleeping a lot, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, lots of difficulty thinking, concentrating, difficulty with decision-making, so, if you're noticing some symptoms of those things, um, I might suggest you know reaching out maybe to a mental health professional, you know seeing if if that those symptoms might benefit from a little counseling to see if it is some seasonal depression um, or check in with your primary doctor just for some labs to make sure there's nothing else going on. Yeah. Maybe a vitamin D deficiency that does come with that decrease in sunshine. Um, you know, sometimes some light therapy does help. There's actually a special light that people can, can get and sit in front of mm-hmm. 20 minutes
0: a day that helps boost
2: your vitamin D in that mood. So,
0: and, you know, and, there are some things that can be done. And I wonder if sometimes we compound the problem because we try and tell ourselves, I really don't have a, a reason to be depressed. I mean, there's so many other people that have it so much worse off than I do. And so we kind of try and talk ourselves out of it, which can only make the those winter blues that much worse when it doesn't work. So I wonder uh, how often we sort of compound our problems into this uh, negative snowball.
2: Very often. You know, a lot of people look around themselves and say, you know, I have my family, I have my friends, I have my home, I, I have everything that I need, there shouldn't be anything wrong with me. But in reality, a lot of it just genuinely comes down to our biology and the things that we can't, Control. You know, we can't control the amount of vitamin D that our body creates. We can't control the amount of, you know, melatonin that our body creates yeah. in response to the amount of sunlight that our brain takes in every day. And we can only react. those
0: things kind of boils down to that uh, old saying it's okay to not be okay um,
2: exactly.
0: so yeah. Nikki Seidel again is with us, licensed social worker, the uh, family resource centers talking about uh, ways to uh, beat the blues on this blue Monday or anytime, uh, during this, uh, uh, season where it can be so very common. You've got a lot of resources, uh, available for folks who find themselves struggling with this.
2: Check out our website. And, um, if, if you ever want to reach out for support don't hesitate.
0: Very fortunate that we do have uh, plenty of resources in the community for those who are struggling. Nikki thanks very much for taking the time we appreciate it. I'm always happy
2: to join you here Chris thank you for the opportunity.
0: You know, going into the holiday shopping season, there were some questions about what effect the rise of inflation, supply chain and logistics challenges, and other retail headwinds would have on consumer spending this all-important time of the year for the retail industry. Uh, Shoaib Makani is CEO and co-founder of the logistics and fleet management company Motive with us this morning with an analysis of some of the data that we're now getting in on all of that. And Mr. Makani, let me start with that basic question. What impact did the rise of inflation, first of all, have on businesses and consumers over the course of the holiday shopping season?
3: Yeah, so, so Motive technology that helps businesses improve the safety and efficiency of their operations. Uh, We serve businesses across the physical economy, uh, construction, transportation, logistics, field service businesses, oil and gas. Uh, And really our our customers depend on us uh, to track their vehicles and equipment, to ensure that their drivers are operating safely with our AI dash cam, uh, to ensure that uh, they're operating efficiently um, with our fuel, fuel tracking products. And so we have a, a pretty good view on, the state of the physical economy directly from our customers. Uh, And and there's no doubt that inflation is having an impact on their businesses. Uh, They are all facing higher input costs for fuel, uh, for maintenance, uh, for insurance. Uh, And they're also, you know, facing a a pretty tight labor market. Uh, It it is, uh, there's a lot of competition for for, for truck drivers, uh, construction workers, field service workers, Uh, and and that does uh, translate into higher costs that get passed on to consumers.
4: Uh, and, and
3: you know, shows up uh, in stores, uh, but but there are some promising signs that, that we're turning the corner here. Uh, we have seen a, a pretty meaningful decline in fuel prices, and uh, and also uh, a little bit more slack in the labor market with the last jobs report, uh, and and also accelerating this is uh, the investment in technology. Businesses are investing in tech to reduce their costs. Uh, and help them fight inflation. And and we see this in our customer base. Uh, Take the example of the Motive card, which is our fuel card and and fuel efficiency platform. Uh, It it reduces uh, costs by more than 10%, your fuel costs by more than 10%. And that goes straight to the bottom line. Uh, And and so for, for a number of reasons, uh, I think I'm actually pretty optimistic that in 2023 we're going to see a reduction uh, in in costs for businesses, and that's going to get passed on to consumers.
0: Well, that was the, the other question I wanted to wanted to ask uh, about the, the the trends that you saw uh, kind of manifesting themselves or starting to play themselves out that you see uh, moving into the first quarter and into 2023.
3: Yeah. So. so- you know, our, our tech is installed in more than 20% of the four higher trucks in North America. So we, we have a pretty representative view of the freight supply chain, the, the over-the-road supply chain. Uh, and, and there was really two major changes we observed uh, at, at the back half of 2022. Uh, number one, uh, a delay in the start of the holiday freight cycle by about three weeks. Hmm. Uh, and, and typically, this starts in late October. Uh, we didn't see the ramp up in freight volume until the third week of November. Uh, and then there's also an, an overall decline in the total freight volume to retail warehouses by about eight uh, percent, and, and some of this can be explained by uh, softer consumer demand. Uh, you know, prices are higher, consumer sentiment is lower, uh, and and people are just buying less and going to stores less. Uh, but but I think actually, somewhat surprisingly, this is a, a positive sign uh, for the for the health of the overall supply chain. Uh, You saw in 2021, businesses were ordering just an excess inventory uh, and way ahead uh, because they were uh, fearful that they were not going to be able to get it in time. You had massive uh, backups at Port of L.A. and Long Beach, uh, huge delays in container freight, high cost. uh, And and, and that's principally gone away. Uh, You don't have the same lead time issues and and shipment costs, transportation costs have dramatically uh, reduced. Uh, And and that's uh, very good for businesses. Uh, That means that they can replenish their inventory, get their goods uh, at a lower cost with lower delay, Uh, And that gets passed on, that will get passed on to consumers in in the form of lower uh, consumer prices.
0: You mentioned the investment in additional technology to lower costs uh, as a way to offset some of those inflationary pressures. Does that have an impact on what we're seeing now, or is that really going to bear itself out uh, in the future? Because as we know, uh, economic uncertainties are going to happen. The only thing that is certain is that we're going to have economic uncertainty like inflationary pressures maybe in the future?
3: Yeah, I think we've seen a pretty consistent trend and uh, in accelerating investment in technology, particularly in our product lines, like our AI dash cam, uh, our motive card, uh, our fuel efficiency platforms uh, over the last really two, even three years. Uh, and, and that's a, a recognition uh, by businesses that uh, they've got to, especially, you know, businesses that, that operate in the physical economy, that they have to connect uh, their operations. They have to bring their vehicles, their equipment, their, their drivers uh, online, uh, so that they can be more efficient, more productive, um, safer, uh, and and that uh, does that immediately pays back. Actually, the ROI on this tech is is incredibly high,
1: mm-hmm. uh, and
3: and it's recurring. Save every single month uh, yeah. after that investment is made, um, and and it it does uh, insulate you from economic challenges um, better than than. Uh, your, your competitors who, who who lack that technology. So uh, I, I think investing in tech and also investing in your people, uh, is, is the best way to make sure that you can thrive as, as a, as a business owner.
0: Is that really the the message for those businesses who feel like maybe they are a little bit behind the curve on all of this? And we you talk about the, uh, the ways that, uh, many, uh, businesses weathered the storm through the holiday season and they're looking back and saying, well, uh, I didn't do quite so well. Maybe I'm behind the curve here. Is that really the message?
3: Yeah, I I think um, the the ways you drive operating leverage and efficiency is uh, through tech and uh, through great people. Uh, and so, investing in technology that connects your vehicles, your equipment, your assets, so that you have visibility—you know where everything is, you know how it's being operated—you uh, know AI cameras that allow you to ensure that your drivers are operating safely. Uh, that that's absolutely uh, critical for driving operating leverage. Um, and then, and then also, but but also investing in your people—it's so much more expensive to uh, to, to replace uh, a great employee than it sure. is to retain one or right. train one. Uh, and so. Uh, it's a combination of, I think, tech and people that, that allows uh, businesses to, to thrive.
0: Again, uh, Shoaib Makani is a CEO, co-founder of Motive, uh, talking about uh, some of the uh, analysis, some of the data that we're now getting in uh, post-fourth quarter um, and uh, some of those challenges we wondered about uh, heading into the uh, holiday season. Where do we get uh, more information about uh, all of this?
3: Yeah, to learn more about Motive and the products we build, uh, you can go to gomotive.com.
0: Mr. McConaughey, thanks very much for uh, taking the time. We appreciate it.
3: Absolutely. Thanks for
4: having me. We interrupt this program to bring you a broken news alert.
0: So, we're actually originating the uh, program from the home studio uh, this morning, as we do occasionally. Uh, maybe you yourself uh, work at home, this post-pandemic era, and you have a little flexibility to do that. Well, be warned! <laughs> a Canadian accountant has been ordered to repay her now former employer almost $2,000 plus interest For time theft. Uh, Carly Bessie is her name. Uh, She uh, worked for a CPA firm, uh, which claims that she logged nearly 51 hours of time where she did not appear to have spent any of that time on work-related tasks. So they took her to court. Uh, The uh, CPA firm tracked her work computer's activity and found that according to the files accessed and the amount of time spent on each file, the activity did not match the timesheets that she submitted. And so they took her to court. Now, she claimed that she printed out the files and worked offline, which the court said seemed unlikely given the large volume of documents involved. A tribunal court in Canada has ordered Ms. Bessie to repay her previous employer for the unaccounted-for time the tune of some $2,000 plus interest. A warning to remote workers around the world. How about that? They actually took her to court uh, for that. Not kidding around here. Elsewhere in the broken news... Here's our uh, dumb criminal of the day. 39-year-old Jimmy Shoemaker Gonzalez of Farmington, Connecticut tried stealing multiple cars on Thursday and uh, his spree ended when he when he crossed local police department. The suspect began his reign of terror when he stole a Dodge Durango and crashed it into a wall. <laughs> he then tried and failed to steal two cars at night point, but got a consolation prize after carjacking a Toyota RAV4. The suspect abandoned the car after driving it into another town and stole a police cruiser in broad daylight from the Bristol Police Department. Stole a police cruiser. <laughs> he didn't get too far because he crashed that vehicle, At a local local diner after a brief pursuit. (laughs) Imagine that. The cops chase after him. You steal a cruiser, cops are going to come after you. He was uh, placed under arrest. His bond set at a million dollars. As for the diner, the uh, owner says it's in shambles. They uh, shared photos of the damage on Facebook and told patrons at the moment, we don't know when all of this will uh, be resolved or when we will reopen. Despite the sad news, they say they are focusing on the fact that nobody was hurt, despite all the craziness. Here's the moral of the story. If you're going to steal a police cruiser, you better know how to drive it. You know, that kind of seems obvious, but. (laughs) Oh, my. Stole a police cruiser. All righty. Uh, let's see here. What else is going on in the uh, broken news this morning? Oh, uh, some parents in Virginia are demanding that a teacher be held accountable for making kids act as slaves. This happened at Centerville Elementary School in Fairfax County, Virginia. The principal sent a letter to parents saying that the Whole thing was meant to be a lesson on the economics of slavery. In an elementary school? That seems like a pretty highbrow concept for an elementary school. The uh, principal did admit that it was inappropriate and not a culturally responsive way to engage students. Unquote. He says staff met with those involved and vowed to use this as a learning moment for the teachers. (laughs) I hope so. Yeah, that probably didn't go. Hey, not to be outdone. Also in the uh, broken news, a daycare employee in Rhode Island is out of a job after reportedly giving melatonin gummies to the kids uh, in the workers' care. (laughs) Apparently, he wanted to calm them down so that they'd take naps. So he gave them some melatonin gummies. The uh, owner of the daycare says the worker was fired immediately. The business has a zero tolerance for not following safety protocols. (laughs) The Rhode Island Department of Children, Youth, and Families is investigating the incident in Barrington, southeast of Providence. (laughs) What universe do you think that that's a good idea? I mean, honestly. And uh, let's see here. Also, I had one other uh, story here. Um, I thought I had a, a couple of other, uh, stories here. Oh, um, this is, you, you're familiar with the uh, ring, the uh, doorbell company makes doorbell cams and other security features, let you keep tabs on what's going outside, going on outside your home, even if you're not there, right ring. But what about inside your home? Well, rings forthcoming, always home cam. Uh, is the answer. It is a, an autonomous drone that can take off, float around your home, and let you check what's going on in every room via HD video thanks to its integrated camera and your Ring app. The drone would, for example, allow you to fly over the stove to make sure that you turned it off before you panic about having to leave work to go check it yourself. According to the company, if your Ring alarm is triggered... The always home cam will fly over to let you see what's going on with a powerful LED light to guide the way in the dark. The uh, device is listed as coming soon. They ring website. I I saw that. I thought, well, on the surface, it sounds like a great idea, but my dog would go nuts. If you've got animals at home, can you imagine how they would just go crazy? Uh, The drone flying around on demand to the house when you're not home. Give my dog a heart attack. So maybe not the best idea for everyone. And uh, finally, in the uh, broken news this morning, some sad news. Um, The No Pants subway ride has been canceled for a third consecutive year. This according to a statement from organizers on Wednesday. Last year's event, well, the past two years, uh, events were called off due to the pandemic. Uh, in case you're not familiar with this, the No Pants Subway Ride is uh, an event where uh, on one day of the year, uh, everybody goes to ride the subway in New York without pants. Pretty much exactly the way it sounds. Um, it says here, the future of the No Pants Subway Ride remains in doubt According to Charlie Todd, the founder of Improv Everywhere, which created the event all the way back in 2002. Very sad news to learn that the no pants subway ride may be a permanent casualty of the pandemic. Sad, sad news indeed. There you go. That is today's broken news report. An update on the odd and unusual side. Of the headlines for this Monday morning, we now return you to your regularly scheduled programming.
4: In Clement weather, fog delays, and snow days. We all know what comes next. School delays and closings. When that happens, it's important you get accurate information. We offer you timely and reliable school delay and closing information presented by Blanchard Valley Health System, Luritz Chevrolet Cadillac, and McGuire Wholesale. The latest school delays and closings on the air at 1330 WFIN, 95.5 FM, and on demand anytime at WFIN.com.
0: Time now for your daily download, the numbers behind the news and the statistics that shape our lives. You remember last week we were talking about a good time to adopt a pet, bring in a a new four-legged member of the family during the holiday season. Not usually a good time to do that, but now that the holidays are past, uh, They've got plenty of uh, animals up for adoption at the Humane Societies who were talking last week. But which do you choose? Well, a new Brazilian study of 665 dogs across 57 different breeds have found that larger dogs were less likely to be aggressive and smaller dogs are badly behaved. The size of the animal... Uh, has a correlation to its disposition. Short-snouted breeds like pugs, bulldogs, and shih tzus were found to be the most ill-mannered. So the size of the dog and the size of its snout. Uh, Heavier meant politer in this study. For every 2.2 pounds of body mass, aggressive behavior decreased by 3%. So nearly a one-to-one correlation there. Every 2.2 pounds of body mass meant a decrease in the amount of aggressive behavior by 3%. Kind of interesting. Male owners had dogs that were uh, more aggressive than female owners, and dogs that went on daily walks were less aggressive. Of course, correlation does not indicate causation, and that may be the case there it may be that people walk their dog less because the animal was aggressive or the dog may have become aggressive because the owner didn't take it out enough, according to the authors of the study. But uh, I did think that was interesting that the size of the dog correlating to the disposition or the nature of the dog. So just something to keep in mind as you're deciding what breed to choose.
1: Right around, Hundley reaches. Oh, that falls out. That's live. Back the other way, Sam Hubbard.
3: Cincinnati kid. Hubbard's got a convoy. Chased by Andrews. At the 30, the 20, he will score.
0: What a wild ending to last night's Bengals-Ravens game. Cincinnati advances 24-17. to They join the Giants, the Bills, the Jaguars, and the 49ers in the divisional round. The last spot in the next round of the playoffs will be decided tonight on Monday Night Football. Between the Cowboys and Buccaneers, you'll hear that game right here on 1330 WFIN and 95.5 FM. So next week, the winner of tonight's game will travel to San Francisco. Uh, The Giants will be in Philadelphia. The Jaguars go to Kansas City to face the Chiefs. And the Bengals and Bills will finally have their game this one will be at Buffalo next Sunday you recall that it was exactly two weeks ago that the nfl and the entire sports world was rocked to the core when bill's defensive back damar hamlin nearly died on the field uh after going into cardiac arrest right there on the field and anyone who saw that happen uh it's kind of seared in your memory it is a, it was an unforgettable moment and in the Intervening two weeks, we have all marveled at DeMar Hamlin's miraculous recovery. He spent a week in the hospital in Cincinnati, then a couple, three days in the hospital in Buffalo, and then released to go home, continue his his rehab. It was just uh, amazing in just less than two weeks. But it really was not a miracle. We talk about a miraculous recovery, but it was no miracle. It was the result of immediate and simple intervention. That any of us could perform for all of the talk about how fortunate it was that there were doctors and trainers on the field, people in all walks of life can and do survive cardiac events when just average bystanders step in to perform CPR and know how to use an AED, even when no medical professionals are anywhere around. We have an incredible case in point of what we're talking about this morning Former Delta Airlines pilot Matthew Clark joins us in May of 2020, about six and a half hours into a transatlantic flight that he was piloting, he suffered cardiac arrest and was immediately incapacitated. Matt, you pick up the story from there.
4: Yeah, thanks so much for having me. So I was at the controls of a Boeing 777 working a cargo flight, coming back from Europe to the U.S., and... As you said, six and a half hours into the flight, suddenly and without warning, I suffered a cardiac arrest and instantly died. Now there were no warning signs, no symptoms. I had no previous medical issues whatsoever. This came out of left field, and literally in the blink of an eye, I was gone.
0: Obviously, you are here today. What made the difference? What uh, you know? What happened that uh, uh, allowed that not to be the final say on the matter?
4: Thankfully. My fellow co-pilots knew CPR. There was an AED on the plane. So when I became incapacitated, uh, the captain, Captain Lee, reached over, checked for a pulse, checked for breathing. He found neither. He immediately reclined my seat, began giving me CPR. The other pilot subsequently went back and got the AED. They brought it forward, hooked it up to me. It administered a shock and brought me back to life. All said and done, they estimate I was dead for roughly eight to 10 minutes.
0: Wow. Um, and obviously today, uh, you are uh, much better than that. Have you fully recovered?
4: Yeah, I'm fully recovered now. I spent four days while I was in the hospital on life support, sedated mm. in a coma, two weeks total in the hospital. But now I have no limitations. I can exercise. I can do all the things that I did before the incident. Uh, the only limitation I do have from a legal standpoint is I'm no longer allowed to fly airplanes.
0: Um, any idea what brought it on? I mean, did the doctors give you any idea of uh, of, of what happened and why?
4: So I've obviously undergone a whole lot of testing. Right. And when it comes to cardiac arrest, there's a number of different reasons why this can happen. Uh, mine really is inconclusive. It's likely an electrical issue in the heart. Mm. I don't have anything genetic. Uh, I don't have a family history. My heart is structurally and functionally very healthy. So that's really the scary thing with this sort of thing. You know, as much as I thought I was in the category of people where this would never happen, really it could happen to any of us.
0: And I I think that just underscores the importance of uh, learning CPR, knowing how to use an AED.
4: Absolutely. Uh, According to the American Heart Association, having someone nearby who knows CPR can increase your odds of survival by double or even triple. And
0: we know that because we've talked about it uh, before, Uh, There is a certain amount of hesitancy from uh, a lot of people to, you know, getting involved and doing what is necessary because we don't want to do the wrong thing. Obviously, your experience uh, shows that, you know, uh, intervening is critical and literally can be a lifesaver.
4: Absolutely. You know, CPR, the, the process, the training really hasn't changed much in I don't know how many decades. The, the the gentleman who saved my life, he learned CPR over 30 years ago. So really all it takes is spending the time, the hour or two of training and having that willingness to act and knowing that, hey, when this happens, when you observe someone having a cardiac arrest or a heart attack, just taking the time to initiate CPR is the difference maker. That really is going to save a life.
0: Again, uh, first officer, former Delta pilot Matthew Clark, uh, talking about uh, his experience with uh, cardiac arrest uh, back a couple of years ago. And obviously here to tell his story because uh, those who were around him at that moment of need knew what to do. Where do we get more information to help folks so that they also uh, would know what to do if that moment were to arrive?
4: I encourage everyone to visit the American Heart Association's website at cpr.heart.org for more information and to learn where you can learn CPR.
0: Matt, thanks very much for taking the time sharing your story. We appreciate it.
4: Thanks so much for having me, and thank you for your help.
0: Maybe uh, one of the best uh, spokespersons ever for uh, quick intervention. You know what's amazing to me uh, about his story, about Captain Clark's uh, story, is that one of the things we hear in an event like this, start performing CPR, administer uh, an AED uh, care if necessary, but call 911. Get the patient to the hospital right away. Got to get her. Hard to hard to call 911 and get to the get the patient to the hospital right away when you're 35,000 feet in the air above the Atlantic Ocean. So I mean, clearly, this is you know these basic steps. Um, saved his life and would not be here uh, today with, without it, and just, uh, again, underscores the point as how critical this is, uh, beyond just the Damar Hamlin story, certainly. And that will finish up our podcast for today. Thanks again to all of our guests for joining us on the program this morning. And remember, you can get more information about all of the topics that we talk about each and every day at our webpage. Check us out online at goodmornings.net. Coming up tomorrow on the program, recipients of SNAP food assistance may be in for an unpleasant surprise next month as enhanced benefits aimed at offsetting the effects of the pandemic are set to expire, even though for many, the same challenges continue to linger. Plus, we we'll get a preview of this month's University of Finley Comedy Jam. So until tomorrow morning, that is Good Mornings for this morning. Now that you've had a good morning, go on out and make it a good day to we'll catch you back here tomorrow.